0: I like to have my guests introduce themselves. Could you share a bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Hey, guys, I'm Zara. I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. I'm currently getting my master's degree in business at Reykjavik University. I was originally born in South Africa, and I lived in the States for about 13 years and worked in New York for a good number of those. And now I live in Iceland with my partner.
0: Fantastic. And what pronouns do you use?
1: My preferred pronouns are her and she.
0: And outside of work, what are some of the things you like to do?
1: I love to do ceramics and I love to paint. I always have a watercolor like on my um, on my desk and I just come back to it and just paint like throughout the day as like a break from my freelance work so bit of an art nerd
0: that's genius i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna steal that one that's that's great
1: it's really good because you need it to dry so it's like a it's a good thing to like work on in
0: little spurts we're like 30 seconds in and that's like the best pro tip i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) so i got it you freelance and you're and mm-hmm. getting a master's degree in business, you said? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about both of those. That's so interesting.
1: Sure. So I moved to New York pretty soon after I graduated from MICA, And I landed my dream job, basically. It was the perfect place. I loved it. I worked there for um, a few years. But then things changed and I started my own studio where I've been freelancing. So I've been doing that for the past five years now. And it changed my life. It was probably the best decision I ever made. It allowed me to have so much more free time. I find in the States, vacation time was so limited. I had like 10 days a year. And it was so hard to go back to South Africa for just 10 days. It's really far. Um, So I loved freelancing. I got so much time. But that also got me thinking you know, about my future and am I gonna really freelance for, I don't know, when I'm 50. And I, I don't know, I was sort of at this place in my life where I, I needed to do something a little different. So I was either gonna move actually to Napa to work at this amazing studio. They just do wine and liquor packaging. I was like, well, this sounds great. I can just work at this great studio and do my, like, I don't know, every, I I don't know, in my mind, every designer's dream job. But kind of fate stepped in. And I don't know if if you guys remember this, but there were these huge Californian fires. So the place I was staying, we had to be evacuated because of the fires. So I was like, okay, well, if that's not a sign, then I don't know what is. So... I was like, okay, well, no. And then just after that, I went to Iceland to go to this festival called Airwaves. While I was there, I went to visit Reykjavik University and I absolutely fell in love with the school. So I applied. I was thinking of getting my master's degree in business because I thought that would be like a nice bridge from starting to freelance, learning more about the business side of design. So I applied and I got in and... I met the love of my life here and now I'm stuck in Iceland. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a very long winded way of getting here. But yes.
0: What a great path to, I mean, I'm sorry about the California fires and and losing maybe a job opportunity there as well as a place to stay. No, I
1: I got the job in California, um, but I I thought that the fires was too much of a bad omen. (laughs) And then I literally flew from California to Iceland, and I was like, "No, this is this is it." I'm a I'm a logical person, but I'm also a big believer in following your gut. So that's what I did.
0: I want to go back to something you said. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but you said something about like didn't know if you'd freelance till you're 50, and how you're now five years in and going to get a business degree, which it sounds like to contribute to your work as a freelancer. Or or with your studio. So tell us a little bit more about that. And like, you know, I'm one year into having my own studio. And when I set out to do it, it was definitely a thing where I was unsure, you know, where it would go and what I would be doing even in three months. I was like, I'll try it and see if it works, sort of. Yeah, maybe like, what's five years of a studio like? And and have there been moments where you're like, this is, I'm just going to go back in-house?
1: You know, I... haven't had that moment yet luckily because i've just loved the the freedom that freelancing gives me and i've just been really lucky to have worked continuously but i think the thing that frustrates me about being a, a freelancer especially solo is that my compensation is directly correlated to my time and i i think moving forward, I want to focus more on my my art and doing things that truly fulfill me. So I think getting a business degree, I thought in a way, like, how can I, how can I like set up my future where my income is not based on my time? And that was, that was really like the first thoughts that I had when I, when I was starting to kind of like mull over the idea of going back to school to get my graduate degree. So, for my my thesis project, I'm actually starting a startup. And this is sort of very fresh conceptually, but basically, it's uh, for auditory learners and people who have dyslexia to take academic text and turn it into natural sounding speech. And you'll ha- also have like flashcards and note-taking capabilities and the voice that reads to you will be an AI, so you can interact with it, almost as if someone's reading to you.
0: That's fantastic. What a great idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I took a lot of entrepreneurship classes and innovation classes at the university, which were great. And it sort of just led me down this path. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be something.
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I, I love the like, positive intention behind your business and like helping people learn is such a, a great sort of motivation and mission for your company.
1: And you know, I think being a designer is such an advantage because the technology could be amazing, but if the interface isn't user-friendly, I don't think people will actually want to use it. So I think, you know, I can bring all my skills set, you know, branding and design and code and all of that into into one project. And it won't be deter like the money I make from it won't be directly like my time put into it, like a freelance. So Yes. So that's kind of nice. You know, something to like hopefully if it goes well, you know, I can, you know, do some more art and help people along the way.
0: Yeah, that would be fantastic for both you and for the people that you help. Yeah. So I usually like to ask, like, what's a piece of advice you have for people just starting out in your field? And, and usually it's like a general like design, but maybe since you have five years experience running your own freelance studio, maybe you could talk about that. Like, what what's your advice for someone that wants to start out sort of on their own or in a small agency even?
1: For me, what, what really helped me is I created a really good network. So I think as as a young designer, I would try to get a job where you're in a medium-sized studio, like a small to medium studio, or, or a bigger one if, if that's you know if that strikes your fancy, um, and just try to create a good network of people that can kind of vouch for you. When I when I started freelancing, it was basically all word of mouth and coworkers kind of being like, "Yeah, she's you know she's cool, hire her." <laughs> So I, I would say just focus on your network. Just be friendly and nice to people. If you're pleasant to work with, you know, people will want to continue working with you. So, don't be a a design queen. Just you know, just be like down to earth and and pleasant and do your best.
0: No design divas allowed.
1: No design divas. I'm I'm not a fan.
0: <laughs> me neither. I think that's really good advice. I think like so far for me a year in, it's still a lot of word of mouth and and network generated Mm -hmm. work. So it's kind of comforting to hear that that's your experience five years in. That's makes me feel better.
1: (laughs) Just talk, like, talk about your, your work, just like let people know you're a designer. You know, I I think that helps a lot, you know, like, like, oh, this nice person. Oh, and they're a designer. Let me see their work. And it kind of just goes from there.
0: Really good advice. What about for more senior people? What advice do you have for someone that's also five years into owning their own freelance business?
1: Hmm. Um, have personal projects it It has saved me more than once when I'm you know because you're always hustling when you're when you're a freelancer. Recently, I painted a a mural for my stepdaughter. And it was the most cathartic experience because I wasn't in front of a computer and I painted her whole room. It was like a daydream nightmare landscape. So half the room is day, the other half is night. And there's like, like spooky willow trees and like giant mushrooms and waterfalls and like big flowers and vines. And it was... It was so nice to just do something that was, you know, for someone I love.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Not just as a side project, but it, it sounds like a really fun project to work on and for somebody in your life is like really great.
1: It was it was super. And and she was like helping me like art directing a little bit. So it was it was really cute.
0: That's so fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was really really awesome.
0: I'm um, also it just can't stop thinking about your keeping watercolors on your desk and doing that throughout the day <laughs> i'm gonna recommend that to so many people
1: i'm telling you it's the best it's the best break don't go on instagram don't go on facebook paint
0: that's that's it that's all the show no, I'm just kidding. great <laughs> advice well that dovetails a little bit into my next question of you know there's there's lots of great things in our industry. There's lots of benefits to being a designer and to be surrounded by so many creative people. But there's also the downsides of our industry. there's There's lots of white supremacy and patriarchy and ableism and other bigotry in our industry. And how do you how do you look at that? How do you feel about that and and what are your thoughts?
1: you know i I'm Jewish. So I've definitely experienced this, but I think, the, the privilege of, of being Jewish is no one really knows unless you tell them. So, you know, maybe you're not targeted. But what what I would say is don't keep quiet. If you if you see someone acting inappropriate, I would talk to them about it. And even if it's even if it's a superior, I think it's important to to not let that kind of behavior slide, especially just the way the U S is right now, the way the government is, I think it's more important than ever to, to not let people get away with it.
0: I think that's a great point. I'm, I'm also Jewish and you're right. It's definitely something that you can sort of be passing as not Jewish if, if you want Mm -hmm. to. So it's important for people to be vocal.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've, I've experienced people making horrible jokes in front of me not knowing I'm Jewish and you know you don't want to be that person who's always picking on people but I think I think that those things are just so inappropriate that you know we can't just let that be normalized behavior
0: Yes, absolutely. I've also experienced that. And you're right, it's Mm -hmm. important to just be that person and call it out so that the behavior stops, hopefully.
1: Even if you want to do it just one on one, you know, if you don't, if you're like in a crowd or something, I've taken people aside and been like, hey, just don't want to make this weird, but you're making it weird for me. (laughs) So
0: yeah, that's a really good point is that what they're doing is much worse.
1: Much worse.
0: (laughs) Than just telling them what they're doing is bad. Yeah. Who is one person that the listeners should know about?
1: I kind of go through like artist obsessions and I'm going to share a really random artist with you. Um, Arnold Bocklin. He's long dead. He's a Swiss painter. Um, He's a symbolist. And um, I was recently in Berlin and I saw his painting, The Isle of the Dead. And um, I was so struck by it. I must've stared at it for 20 minutes and I was like, who is this painter? And um, I looked at his other work and he has a really great graphical quality. Um, And it's something I definitely want to emulate in my work. It's got this like beautiful, devastating stillness. so I would, I would say to your listeners, check him out. He's pretty cool.
0: Well, I love the way you described that. I will definitely check him out as soon as it's over. <laughs> and for everybody listening, there'll be a link in the show notes too. Um, what book are you reading?
1: Just to sort of go back to my app, I'm an auditory learner. So I love to listen to books. So I have been listening while I was painting the mural to A History of Magic I don't know if there are any Harry Potter fans out there, but if you are, I highly recommend this book. Um, if you're a Potter fan and a history nerd, it's perfect for you. Cause basically like interweaves the Harry Potter story with like an actual history of magic. And it was fascinating. I was like painting a giant mushroom and like learning about the history of mermaids. And I was, I was, uh, it was like a nostalgic heaven.
0: That's a great recommendation. I also do a lot of audiobooks. And for me, it's all about the narrator as well as the, the book itself. So was the narrator a good good one?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, it was Natalie something from Game of Thrones. She has a really lovely voice. But they also had like Stephen Fry was in it. And Jim Dale, who did the audiobooks for the American version of Harry Potter. And it was just they did like interviews with people who are like museum curators. So it was it wasn't just one narrator. And that's what I really liked about it. It was like part audiobook, part like historical investigation, part like Harry Potter nostalgia.
0: Fantastic. What a great recommendation. I can't wait to check it out.
1: Definitely check it out. And let me know what you think.
0: I believe everyone should get paid for their time. So on this show, we share profits from our advertisers and when people support us in other ways uh, with Mm -hmm. all of our guests. Are there other ways the listeners can support you?
1: I think the best way is uh, hiring me. Uh, You can contact me on my website, ZaraGerson.com. And yeah, love to work with you.
0: And other than finding you on your website, where is the best place for people to find you?
1: You can follow me on Instagram or Pinterest. I am a, I'm a huge pinner. So I I like, I love to like, like most designers gather inspirations, but I'm very methodical on how I arrange my, my pin boards. So that's a, that's a good place to find me too.
0: I love a good Pinterest recommendation. It seems to be the only remaining social network. That's not awful.
1: Yes, you are 100% correct.
0: I uh, I like just aspire to spend more time there than anywhere else. And right now yes. I don't do a good job with that. So
1: I got it on my phone. Game changer.
0: I'm going to do that also. I'm going to start watercoloring and I'm going to get on Pinterest again just because oh of you. Just because of today.
1: I'm so honored.
0: Zara, thank you so much for being on Bezier podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we uh, end this?
1: No, thank you so much for having me. This was great.